What's going on here? Resistance is futile. This, indeed, you are powerful. Is it's in my hand? Fan Effect. And welcome to another episode of Fan Effect. Sponsored by Megaplex Theaters, the best place to see entertainment here in Utah. I'm so excited I'm going tonight to see Dune Part 2 on the IMAX. We'll talk about that some other time. I'm producer Kellyanne today. Um, Andy's not really joining us for this topic. <laughs> because we are actually doing something I've wanted to do for ages. We are doing What's Your Favorite Fandom? A series where we explore stories that have changed us why they've changed us, and like how to get into them if, if you really want to do it. And we're starting today with a story close to my heart, and stories close to my heart, I should say, and that's the books of Jane Austen. So we're talking about Pride and Prejudice, Emma, uh, Sense and Sensibility, all these different things, you know, that we've kind of grown up and been such a strong part of our culture. Um, and just a fun way to kind of bring it in. I, I love Pride and Prejudice. I read it about once a year. Um, and I, I even to the point where uh, a couple weeks ago I was at Disneyland. I knew I needed something to read while I was in lines or like waiting at the airport or whatnot. I literally brought Pride and Prejudice down with me to Disneyland. And of course, I'm like everyone's favorite auntie. So, uh, well, the big kids and stuff went on the rides of the parents. I would stay with the babies and I'd be reading Pride and Prejudice. Um, and my toddler uh, that was with us, my nephew, he wasn't too fond of that. So he kept taking the book for me and he would he would go, all done and close it. And I'm like, no, but we're talking about we got to see what happens to Darcy and Elizabeth. And it was it was just adorable. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so excited because I have two of my favorite co-workers with me today in the different branches of the company. And they're the ones who said, yes, let's talk about this. I have Mary Richards from Church News. Hello. <laughs> and Heather Kelly from KSL News Radio. Hello. And uh, let's go ahead and get started. And maybe, guys, have you tell me why you've chosen Jane Austen's books as some of your favorites to to talk about, your favorite fandoms? Well, first of all, the books are her different stories are some of the first I ever started reading mm -hmm. uh, when I was in high school. Of course, I'd read, a, you know, other books there, but she was the first that had a whole bunch of books. Like you fell in love with and had to devour. Them. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. And so throughout the years, I have found that my favorite Jane Austen story has changed. So that's what I like is that not only are there a bunch of different stories, but these stories evolve not because the story's evolved, but because we are evolving and growing oh, I older. Love that. Uh -huh. yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. And what about you, Mary? Yeah, I would agree. I think it was my mom and my older sister that introduced me to Jane Austen mm -hmm. and to read those books when I was a, a young teen. And same thing, when you find an author you love, you're like, I need to read everything by this author. And and that's kind of how it grew from there. And then in college, I took a class um for my humanities minor, Women in the 18th Century. Oh, really? It was a great, great <laughs> class. And we read like Mary Wollstonecraft and Jane Austen. <laughs> and and I just thought, what a, and that was an even deeper way to look at her works and her writing in the context. But then also think about how much it's been adapted, studied, you know, and everybody mm -hmm. looks at it with a different lens. Like you yeah. said, Heather, your favorite changes as you grow. The lens you look at it changes and and what she's saying and what you then apply to yourself from what mm -hmm. it says each yeah. each of those books and everyone thinks they're an elizabeth but you know they're they're probably more of a Mary well those quizzes exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well actually i i find as i get older i'm more um 
the heroine in Persuasion. Yes, oh, and Elliot. I, that's one I haven't read. Yeah. I just want to say I've only read Emma and Pride and Prejudice. I think I did Sense and Sensibility, but it was so long ago I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I Persuasion's become one of my dear favorites as mm-hmm. I've gotten older. And The Lost Chapters, have you finished yes. that? Oh, of course you yes. have. Yes, of course. So the ending that was a little bit different that Jane Austen looked at changing and then it was printed differently. But Anne Elliot and Persuasion, a beautiful heroine, a kind of a coming of age and understanding herself. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, having, because a, a lot of uh, Jane Austen stories, almost all of them that we know, is at the end you've got the happy ending. And not yeah, that you don't yeah. have that in Persuasion, but it actually starts off with sort of a sad ending. Mm-hmm. And that's what's different about Persuasion is it sort of starts off with this, you know, Anne Elliot had uh, a bow in her early, early youth and her family was opposed. And so she was heartbroken to break, but she followed her family's wishes to give him up. Exactly. And then, you know, you cut ahead 10 years and she's just, you know, she's, lonely her, and her bloom is gone her, yeah exactly that's oh, how it's written described that is how it's described yeah her bloom is gone and then she goes into a transformation after coming in back into contact with her old beau so uh-huh. it's just this, it's a beautiful beautiful story yeah you know what one though i don't think will ever become a favorite of mine mansfield park I that used to be my favorite story that was when i was younger it was my absolute favorite because <laughs> I, I was, okay, I'm going to say this. I was a bit of a prude okay. in my in my okay. youth. I I was you know very young. I was had not been out in the world, so to speak. Yeah. And so the Mansfield Park heroine there, Fanny, Fanny was. I felt like, oh my god, that's me. <laughs> and so she, I was, I was living through Fanny when oh. I was reading this story. Now. As I, you know, I've reread it and as I got older and I'm like, oh, well, that's not me. I'm no longer a prude. I'm, I've been out in the world. Well, and there's some things in that book that if you read it closely, you're thinking, oh, Jane's pointing out some serious stuff. I, that's not one I've, I've read. What's like yeah. the, the sound bite of what? what the plot of the show is in like, persuasion in oh we're show. jumping so, back from mansfield park because we can leave oh, mansfield yeah, park it, on the shelf yeah we can um oh goodness and then you have people who argue over the best adaptation of persuasion movie because mm-hmm. i love the blonde captain wentworth probably because i'm married to a tall blonde myself he's very <laughs> handsome but then there's also the amanda root version that's yeah. so beautiful and then the new one on netflix that some people oh, don't no, like to no. talk about no we that one is, is it not? okay that's what i need i'm so want to know okay where do i start if i want to get more into not this start with the, the new, with one, on the new one on netflix it's, don't do it it's not it's not it's a true story inspired by but it's not it, the true okay story. yeah well, too much of a modern lens all they there. all yes. they did was name the characters the same and that's as far as it goes as far as the plot and the, the characterization letter, the best part of persuasion is the letter that captain <gasps> wentworth writes yes. to him you pierce my soul. I am half agony, half hope. Oh my gosh, so, it's beautiful. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just how long lasting these are. Is These classical pieces of work have continued to today. And, and the idea of a social struggle, economic struggle, what it means to be a woman trying to make her own in the world, is, which is a lot of these struggles within the books, continue to today. Like, that's that's amazing. Is uh, Why do you think these have been such a long lasting um, influence on literature, on life, on pop culture? Hmm, that's a good question. 
Yeah, I think, well, first and foremost, I think it's because Jane Austen was such a good writer. Oh. She, her words are are beautifully done and, and make sense, you know, as you read it. But also, she, very similar to William Shakespeare, mm-hmm. who's been around, she is actually writing about the human condition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it may be specific to just a couple of, of people in the book, but all of these people are going through things that we are still dealing with in our everyday lives in the modern times, which is why it's so easy to do these um, modern oh, versions mm-hmm. of them because... You know, she was writing, for her time, she was very modern Uh in in the way she showed, portrayed women especially. And so it's easy to translate that into a modern version. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know where I would start? Um, Or maybe you should start by reading them all first. But then Dr. Octavia Cox on YouTube has some fascinating lectures about these characters. She does deep dives into the social times, the class structure, mm-hmm. landowner gentry, you know, all that sort of thing. I love that. Yeah. I have a There's, oh, you'll go down a YouTube <laughs> rabbit hole if you want to see oh, people yeah. dressing in Regency <laughs> times. So all of that is so fascinating. Yeah, because I think kids, uh, the, I call them kids, uh, just <laughs> Mary and I are a little bit older. We've been around a little bit longer. But um, kids the, like Kelly Ann. Yeah, <laughs> kids like Kelly Ann. I'm in my face, but whatever. <laughs> They may not be reading not just Jane Austen, but older um, books. And even the movies that they watch are very modern. You know, the superheroes and Star Wars and all that. They may not have learned about the the protocols Mm -hmm. that you have to do. So you start reading this and it doesn't make sense to Mm -hmm. a lot of people nowadays. They like I don't understand. Yeah. The class structure, the rules of etiquette. That seems so different me you know, I was thinking about this like what was my first introduction to to the world of Jane Austen? And I was thinking his first it was, you know, uh what's the Bridget Bridget Jones diary. Mm -hmm. But actually it was Wishbone. (laughs) <laughs> oh. Like the PBS cartoon, not cartoon, the PBS show where uh, the dog Wishbone, Jack Russell Terrier, just like the one I have, would they do these classic stories and they'd be portrayed. I'm like, that's actually the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. So like youth today might not have the same classical literature background as someone for me who grew up in the 90s. I had Wishbone who went over these classic books. That's probably why I fell in love with him. I had Arthur who would do versions of the Three Musketeers or what. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I haven't even thought about it. They wouldn't even understand the world of, of, of reading yeah, today. exactly. Oh, wow. There is such a fascination with it for me. I've now delved into so many other, we have some great writers nowadays who are, and I think my dad calls it Regency fan fiction. But <laughs> Regency <laughs> romance. But <laughs> yes, like from like, yeah, all of those, Desert Book and Bookcraft and <laughs> Seagull, you know, all they're just, it's fun for me to think about that time when there was a little more, you knew expectations, you knew the rules, and there was a little more structure. My brain kind of sometimes craves that today when it's like, what are the rules? Anything goes. Oh you my know? gosh, and yes. Yeah. Where's the no line? Yeah. So there's a, a semi-parody of uh, Pride and Prejudice. Uh-huh. It's called Lost in Austin. And um, the the lead actress, uh, or character called Amanda Price, gets you know, sucked down a hole essentially and winds up in the book Mm -hmm. of Pride and Prejudice, only it's like real life. It's it's kind of weird. You'd have to see it. But one of the things she talks about before she kind of gets sucked into this world, she's talking to her mother and she says, "It's, it's not that I want Mr. Darcy itself. She says, I want the 
the politeness. Mm. I want that society that we don't have mm-hmm. right now, just the, the structure. She talks about structure. And in in modern day times, because Amanda Price is, you know, said in like the early 2000s, you know, she is a little bit more subdued than everybody else around her and so she looks like the prudish one in her group but then she gets sucked in to lost in austin's and while she thinks like she's you know very mannered and all that the (laughs) difference between being mannered in 2000 versus in 1800 is like yeah they they thought she was like a fish throwing wife you know (laughs) swearing you know she looks very crude she's very crude and uncouth in 1800. I, I, I think I've seen that as well. There's something about like, well, in Bath we do it like this, and and so you know, the, the one of the sisters actually runs away there and whatnot. But I think I've seen that one. That's one of yeah. the, the many versions I've seen. Well, as well, and then there was one that even redid that. It was like a redo of a redo this month on Hallmark, and they've done their <gasps> Love Wary right. month. It, tell they us did. a little bit about that, then tell us about this. Yeah. yeah. So the all yeah. month they've done their own, either inspired by or you know, let's look at Jane Austen's world, or they actually redid Sense and Sensibility. Okay. And then the American in Austin did this kind of a similar thing as Lost in Austin. She's kind of having this daydream when the, her boyfriend, great guy, proposes to her. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I don't know, because he's not a Mr. Darcy. And I'm like, Ooh. he's right in front of your face. He's amazing. And she learns that lesson by going back in time. Also right. messing up the book because she's, this isn't how it's supposed to end. Right. You oh, know, because right. Wickham goes with somebody else. It's yeah. fascinating. Oh, no. Exactly. Yeah, the Lost and Austin also changes the book a little uh-huh. bit yeah, it, because, of, because of Amanda Price being there. But in, in her case, um, she kind of falls into Lost and Austin because her boyfriend proposes to her. But he... And it's and it's not that she turned him down because he's not a Mr. Darcy. He was very rude about it. He was drunk oh, when he proposed. Not good. He um, peeled off the the can the opening of a beer can the ones that you ones you used to be able to peel all the way off and it had a ring around uh-huh. it and he like hands it to her like here's the ring, ring i'm proposing oh, to you no. with no. a beer can oh. stub you know well, you know in Pride and Prejudice Mr. Darcy first proposes to Elizabeth by um, insulting her family. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Telling everything that's wrong with her and why he shouldn't love her, but he does. So, you know, he kind of bungles that, but yeah. it's not as bad as that movie. Yeah. What's, what's so cool is it's all these social expectations, just like the books that we have nowadays, the fumbling then, the fumbling now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. that's true. No, and another fun one this month on Hallmark was Love and Jane, where this author just she somehow summons Jane Austen to the present Ooh, and the she kind of gives writer. her advice. Okay. It's really hilarious because she's asking her about this man in her life. Does he have cattle? And she's like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> just no matter. It was just, it was really funny. So Hallmark did a good job this month. That sounds like one I'd watch. I'm not yeah. too much into romantic-y, mushy-mushy stuff. No, it was fun. Like, yeah, and then but... another one they did, there's a professor who goes it's got a homage to um, Austin Land by Shan Hale. Yeah, Lair. this one where she goes to like a writers' conference where she's going to present, and there's a Mr. Darcy at the conference who has to dress up, mm-hmm. and so those kinds of touch points of you know loving that experience, but also hating the you know she's like I don't do cosplay. It's just. <laughs> 
cracked me up. <laughs> and here I am. I literally was thinking about on the way driving here. I'm like, I should stop at my storage unit and get one of my Regency dresses on. And then I got too self-conscious and I decided not to. Oh. <laughs> if I had a Regency dress, I oh. would have done it. <laughs> this is actually kind of fun. So, you know, we live in Utah. We're the nerdiest state in the, U- in the union. I love, love, love that. Do you know there's a huge Regency culture and historic dancing culture? No, I know. I follow it all on Instagram you and I on- love it. You need to come with me some of okay. these times. Uh, so I'm lucky I live in Riverton, which is right next door to South Jordan, and they have the old Glory Historic dancers there. Um, and so like tw- two Wednesdays a month, I think it's the second and the fourth, it's free. You come and you learn the actual dances. Nice. nice. It is the Country so dances, fun. all of those, the waltzes. Uh, it's more the did actual waltz. Regency. It's oh, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Regency line dances, oh, like Windmill sure. and, and things like that. And it is the funnest experience. And then um, every quarter, they, they just did their, they do like a big ball event. And so I just missed the Regency dance they did. Yeah. Um, but it's so fun because you come dressed up. The first one I went to was a, um, was the Dickens ball a couple years ago. Okay. And if you know me, I dress up. I love dressing up. And so I showed up and I'm like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be have too much attention on me. So I just kind of wore a pretty retro dress. I was the least dressed person in there. Like everyone's full <laughs> gowns and stuff. They Heather and I went to a Downton Abbey night. <gasps> yes. thing. We thought we are underdressed. Right? Right? Totally. It was the premiere of the, the movie. Of, of the movie. Yeah. The first movie, the first Downton movie? Abbey. Okay. And we, I got an invite from, you know, the people for, because I was with KFSL News Radio. Yeah, at the time yeah. it's like oh do you want to cover this event i'm like sure right. so we went there but we didn't i wasn't given an understanding of exactly what this ah. event was so mary and i just went plain clothes and we get in there and everybody is in the downtown abbey stuff it was a tea they had the ushers like around in the the coattails and ties Mm -hmm. and the bow tie and white gloves serving sandwiches and and drink and Mm -hmm. oh god yeah that was well and it's so funny because while i daydream of being back in that era when i'm actually kind of get that little bit of a placement in it i think could i do this i mean gorgeous so much fun so they also the utah regency society does it as well and then there's a lot of like there's a huge cosplay community and last year i did a couple of their regency strolls you actually get your whole regency regalia on and you go through the thanksgiving point gardens the ashton gardens it was so fun and people had like their little tiny kids all dressed up everyone were just chatting with each other talking about our favorite austin books and why we love the regency could you talk to a man if you were not introduced to him properly though um, I th- I think for nerds like me, you, it, it's it was, okay. Like, <laughs> always needed a chaperone. He, he no, we don't were, need a chaperone. You could yeah. walk and talk with the man, but you couldn't be just alone with him. You know right. all those rules. Yeah, and you're, even and kind of in clubs. and not <laughs> just men, not just men. Women could not talk to other women of a, especially if they were of a higher class than you, right. without yeah. having an introduction, introduction. Right. to mm-hmm. them. You can't just it's you know see somebody. Oh, totally. You can't just see somebody. <laughs> Across the room, go. Oh, they look kind of interesting. Like Mr. And- Collins to Mr. Darcy <laughs> of another field. Oh, that's that's so what funny. We're of? Yes. So those are some of the things that, if you want to start, if you mm-hmm. haven't read Jane Austen and okay. you're you're younger than I would say thirty at this point, mm-hmm. you may not understand exactly why. As when Jane Austen is reading this, or you may see it in an adaptation, mm-hmm. and it hasn't been explained why there's everybody's just shocked that somebody would introduce themselves yeah. or, be know, alone, or be alone or be alone with somebody. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. 
would you introduce someone then to this like if if maybe you know they've been in a box for 30 years no. <laughs> they haven't seen all the different renditions we have the Karen Knightley version we have the Colin Firth version um I they have one of my favorite versions which is the Bollywood musical version oh yeah Pride yeah and Prejudice. how would you get into like what hmm. story would you start with with For the them? Jane Austen and, and then kind of spread probably, out? It'd probably be Pride and Prejudice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that one, that is the one, Pride and Prejudice is the one that has been adapted the most yeah. for everything, like you said, the Bali well, version. the like, really big bestseller of her uh, life, of Jane Austen's uh, life. Uh, n- no, no. Maybe we should have looked at all these. Should, yeah, I, I kind of looked, looked at. There's two that were really big. Pride oh, were biggest, okay, and then the okay. kind of developed after. Her okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the best as far as socially right now. Like everybody's heard of some version yes. of Pride and Prejudice yes. and watching a movie, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I guess if you are young enough and you, people are very visual now, mm-hmm. start with um, the Kira Knightley movie version only because it's like two hours long. More digestible. It's oh, more I digestible. Like it. yeah. Then move to the Colin Firth version, which I'm sorry, nothing can hold a candle <laughs> to it. Even Kira Knightley, she needs to go away once you watch the Colin Firth version. Right. But it's six out. It's almost six hours long. It is. It was so, like a was it a mini? It was a mini series. Yeah. So if you don't have that much time to devote and yeah go to the but Karen the my issue with the Kira Knightley version isn't just Kira Knightley it's because they took multiple different characters and put their words from the book into Kira Knightley's character she was playing Elizabeth yeah in the book and made Elizabeth like all-knowing and that's not the point the point of Pride Prejudice is that Elizabeth has prejudice and yes. she's not all knowing, but they made her all knowing. Because I never thought about that. That's yeah. like the whole point of the book is she thinks he's the one prideful and prejudiced, but she's learned along the way that right. she has. But she just she they just Kimberly. give her all this right. stuff, and I I get that they were trying to convince condense the story, yeah. but that is not the point of that story, <laughs> and it totally ruined to me the story of the book. Now they got all the plot points in the movie but they ruined the characterization of elizabeth mm-hmm. which oh wow really well, made me upset to no end and like never watch that movie <laughs> <laughs> there are some um beautiful adaptations of emma and then mm-hmm. there are also many discussions online about which one is best for that mm-hmm. my parents love the older one with kate beckinsale whereas i grew up loving the gwyneth paltrow version mm-hmm. but the newer one that came out a couple of years ago Joy. has got some yeah. quirky music and fun aspects to it yeah so you know each one's gonna have some different nuances and things that helps you view the source material right. in a different way. And I would say once you watch, whether it's a mini series or a movie of any of her stories, uh-huh. except for the Netflix version, don't touch that <laughs> with a 10 foot pole. Um then go back and read the book. Yes. Actually read her books because you want to see her words on the page. Nothing mm-hmm. can compare to that. And seeing her descriptions of things and, and the way she talks about society and 
and you just have a much better understanding. And her words are beautiful. They will, they, her words are timeless. It's she, I compare to William Shakespeare, who mm-hmm. I've studied greatly as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. So oh, I love, yeah. you know what I like about that? I am usually such an advocate is read the book first, read the book first. But I love, cause this is something that's a little more old timey. It's a little more wordy. I do like the idea. And now I'm looking at it, That's exactly what I did as I read. I, I watched the, the versions first. I watched. I watched the Wishbone versions. I watched the, the modernized versions before I read the book. And now it's like a book I read every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sense and Sensibility has some great adaptations as well. There's a mini series of that also. So maybe most people start with that 1995 Emma Thompson version, mm-hmm. Kate Winslet. I do like, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Then that, you know, a little bit longer 2008 miniseries is pretty good. Well, and I'm even forgetting to mention some of the 1970s movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was a persuasion done that I sat through and it was almost like a play they'd Yes. Yeah, so there is at Parker Theater this weekend. I was invited to see a play version of Pride and Prejudice oh, there you by go. friends. So, yeah. go. Do so it. before the mini, the 1994 miniseries with Colin Firth, almost all the other versions were were BBC yes. versions mm-hmm. in England. And unless you were like a PBS um, devotee, chances are you were never going to see the. I mean, now it's easier because we've got streaming. Right. Mary and I grew everywhere. up in the time where we didn't have streaming right we didn't have that so the first time we actually saw any type of adaptation of any of Jane Austen stuff was the 1994 version with uh-huh. Colin Firth and that was so popular was it, that it was huge at the time and, huge so at much. The time. Okay. and that's why all these other since then the, that was the one that kicked off all these other movie that's and TV series versions that are yeah. that are um that are being seen in in American worldwide but before 1994 pretty much all these things were were BBC versions and BBC used to film all of this stuff kind of like they were on stage. They weren't as um, movie uh, centric. Mm-hmm. Not as cinematic. Yeah, exactly. cinematic. That's yeah, the they weren't as cinematic. It was just very, very stagey, which they and a they, lot of dialogue mm-hmm. and less feelings being portrayed through emotions on your face you know yeah. that sort of stuff yeah. cinematic is, that's why i like the books like i can i know what they're thinking because i've read the books right exactly and, <laughs> and i liked mm-hmm. a lot of the i've seen pretty much every bbc version adaptation you know from the early 70s and or before that or 80s as well um but yeah it lacked a lot of feeling but they were much much truer to the source material mm-hmm. than anything that has come out since then Oh, I forgot. Wasn't there Greer Garson Pride and Prejudice? There was. 1930s, I think. Yeah. Greer Garson. 1940 with Lawrence Olivier. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. That one's so funny because their costumes are not period appropriate. <laughs> no. They're like late 1800s costumes. With like little peep curls, yeah, you know, exactly. but not necessarily like your agency high-waist empire. They have the, the same research um, capacities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were just throwing out movies as fast as they well, could back then. And the adaptations and the world of all all those like clueless or like mm-hmm. you know all these others pride and prejudice and zombies you oh know? i love that all these other <laughs> i do i love the book the movie's not as great but the books are fantastic oh, there's so many <laughs> but what irritates me though is if they do an adaptation and they just copy the names but then there's nothing else true to yeah. it and you're like oh come on right? you're trying to steal from that and try to build off that popularity and it's you're not doing a good job with it yeah mm-hmm. that's what that latest netflix persuasion movie is is that all they did was put the names in and yeah no characterizations are the same nothing they, they even changed stuff like i'm like that's not in the book uh-huh. like they put stuff in there and i'm like 
what what were you on when you <laughs> like, wrote this? Like, like, I'm, I'm all for modern adaptions of stuff as long as they stay true to the character as it was written by the yeah. original creator. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you, if when you, you change it too much, you, you change the core of what the person was yeah. trying to put out there. Like, I'm all for, yes, let's simplify and bring it together to a different medium so more people can hear the message. But when to the point where you don't even hear the message anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I love, too, because um, these are fun to find. Mm -hmm. The fan fiction where it might take then the source material and then see what would happen if. There's uh -huh. the... Um, big right Yes. Now let's see. Mm -hmm. What was... I just read two of them. It was like Murder Mysteries, the the death of Mrs. <laughs> Willoughby, and then like the... Or uh, the murder of Mr. Wickham. The Oh, and then there's always the one that <laughs> <laughs> there's the one that then became a BBC miniseries as well with um, Death Comes to Pemberley. Yes, I love the book and the movie for that. Is it like a murder mystery? No, murder it's murder? A, it's a continuation of Pride, of Pride and Prejudice, Prejudice after, after Elizabeth married. and Darcy okay. are married, and it's what like ten years. Yeah, into the I think future? they have a couple children. The only sequel yeah. I've read to Pride and Prejudice is the Pride and Prejudice zombie sequel. So the zombies. <laughs> no, this one was a fun so. one, and these murder yeah. mysteries were really fun. Where it's pretending that the um, Oh, Northanger Abbey, we haven't discussed. Oh, it's the yeah. daughter of the Northanger, Northanger Abbey couple meets Mr. Darcy's son, and they <gasps> solve these mysteries together at a house party. Those were really fun. That sounds so And then fun. my coworker at Church News, um, Caitlin Bancroft, would, is probably listening right now and squealing out loud uh she's been introducing me to some like confessions of lydia bennett which you know all of these kinds oh, of really fun yeah. pride and prejudice to other flavors is like an indian cuisine kind of spin oh, i think i love, I love like, yeah uh bride and prejudice like you said with bollywood yeah yeah bollywood. Bollywood. so the books and um, people have taken a lot a lot of creative license and just exploded in right. their writing Oh, and that's how you can tell that, that that Jane Austen was such a great writer. Mm -hmm. There, she there's so much source material that other people can take and grow from that you don't get from a lot of other authors, and that's why she is has such long standing popularity. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. How do you think she feel about all these adaptions and sequels and and stuff today? I wonder. I don't. I think she had a really good sense of humor. Yes. That's which I read a lot of her letters that she mm -hmm. sent to her sister, which Sender, there's right? a whole book yeah. uh, published and their letters between her and her sister. And she, her sense of humor was, was very good. I think she would have had, she would have enjoyed a lot of them mm -hmm. except for the Netflix persuasion, but she would have been really <laughs> outraged that about that. the subtitle of this episode, don't watch don't it. Watch don't watch that. that. There yeah. were a couple parts of it I liked, but I won't. <laughs> just because I like the, the Navy, British Navy. Um, well, and then even the movies had been made about her trying to pretend that we know who she is. Yeah. Oh, you know, I there are a few of those. Okay, I'm going to look up Becoming Jane. Yeah. Yes, that's the one I was Becoming Jane, of. and that has... Uh, Oh, I just name. watched a BBC documentary on her. I was listening to it on the way in. Anne Hathaway. Anne yeah. Hathaway played Plays Jane in Jane Austen and Becoming Jane. And it's uh, it's it's sort of the same thing yeah. based on mm -hmm. Jane Austen's life. It doesn't. There's some things that strays from it. Creative liberty. Yeah, a little bit of creative liberty. And then but, there was yeah. another one. Um. Where it was somebody else, and they showed how she was proposed to, but then the next morning decided against it. Remember? Yeah, she, yeah. she accepted and then she rejected. It. It yeah, like, yes. younger guy, twenty-one. And, and that she... is actually a true 
story yeah, yeah but it wasn't unfortunately like i think the movie made it a little more scandalous than it was because you know that's the drama of, the, oh, yeah. of the movie but it was one of those she did get proposed to i don't even think in real life she actually accepted i, I think yeah. the next day i just watched the doc in the way in and um she accepted it uh but he, like he was younger didn't have his greatest prospects it wasn't really what she wanted it wasn't the tom that she wanted oh. um and so the next day she's actually you know what no um, okay. And they also made a point where, like, she also understood societal roles at the time. She would be birthing babies, not birthing books. And so I, I think right. at the same time, to... your whole, I mean, you were nobody unless you, I mean, you had to get married almost in that time because you couldn't just live by yourself and be this independent woman. Like they try to point out in some of these, oh, well, oh, she should have. Right? You couldn't could really. Look yeah. at the men. It's a whole thing about not being able to, to the daughters being daughters and not be able to keep the, the, yeah. the family money or house or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So what people don't realize is, is back in the day, in England especially, mm-hmm. is women, daughters, were could not uh, inherit mm-hmm. property or money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, unless they were the only child. Mm-hmm. And even in some of those cases, they might have gotten a bit of money, but they couldn't inherit a title. For, yeah. Like, if you right. were, late, you know, the daughter of Lord so-and-so, mm-hmm. you did not just become Lady somebody. No. Yeah, yeah you Austin, might. Austin, after her father died, like, she was dependent basically on her, her brothers, brothers mm-hmm. until the books published. And she didn't even publish the books under her name right. because yeah. of societal concerns. You might have a living and you'd be in a cottage and that was probably, you know, yeah. 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 So. Yeah, and toward the end of Jane Austen, she died relatively young. She 41. was 41. Um, and the last few years of her life, she was living with her mother and her sister. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. All three of them, and they weren't living high off the hog between the three of them. All three of them were, like, basically had, like, one salary. Well, you think about that's kind of what happens in Sense and Sensibility yeah. to the mom and the three daughters when they have to leave um Northfield Park, isn't it? So where the the name yeah. of the estate where they were, because it goes to the brother. Those are still, those are some. Uh, man, I need to go back and reread Sense and Sensibility. Yeah, yeah. such you're, a good one. I think I read it once and I didn't like it, but as a teenager, probably I'd like it. No, they would. No, yeah, be- mm-hmm. I had the same reaction when I first read it. The first. I, I remember, I think it was in chapter two, perhaps, uh-huh. and I, I remember this distinctly. I was reading this whole paragraph. And I'm like. This sucks. <laughs> like I it's like, around the time you meet Fanny Dashwood. That was me. The Scarlet Letter and announced one of my favorite. It wasn't even the story. It wasn't even part of the story. It was the writing that Jane Austen was doing. I did not like. Like, you kind of have to click and get into the flow of reading. Yeah, like the, there was something about the the, the whole paragraph yeah. or three pages that it wasn't flowing very well, and I just thought, oh, this is just not good. But in my later life, I have gone back. I've reread all the stories, and I'm like. And I remember like, oh, God, am I going to like hate the story like I did before? And I really enjoyed it. And I don't remember having such an issue on that few pages that I had to in. Yeah. In chapter two. Yeah. So I, I matured, obviously, you know, and was able to understand the writing a little bit better. That's what I talked to some people and I'm like, oh, I'm so bad at reading no books. Cause I just go back and reread the, the classics, the ones I know I like over and over. And they look at me like I'm insane. Like they've never reread a book. What? <laughs> and I'm like, I love it. I literally yeah. bought 
brought Pride and Prejudice to Disneyland, knowing it's something I would love, it'd be comfortable, yeah. it'd be wonderful. Nothing is better than sitting next to a sleeping baby reading Pride and I know. Prejudice. My <laughs> best friend like... owns multiple copies with beautiful different covers. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. you just, you love something. Yeah. I'll go to DI and if I see one of those, like either an Anne Green Gables book oh, or an Anne Austin book, I'm like, I, <laughs> I have to buy it and rescue it and maybe give it to somebody as a gift. complete works of Jane Austen so all the stories are in there and mm -hmm. then I have these little miniature books well, so you can take so them they're little, little teeny, they're little teeny one like oh, now at this point my eyesight I need a magnifying glass <laughs> to read it but I used to be able to read it without it but they're you know the Pride and Prejudice and Sense Sensibility Northanger Abbey all these little teeny miniature Jane Austen books oh, size. and then I've got the letters between Jane Austen and her sister like yeah I like I've, my whole bookshelf is like and here's the Jane Austen row that makes like, so I have the book of six and one, but then we haven't even talked about Letters to Susan. Oh, I know. This. And that be yeah. didn't that well, become I, I a movie? I don't know if you ever heard that one. Love and Friendship with Kate yes. Beckinsale. Is, is yeah. that one of her six books? Very no. different style. It's no. no. So, um, yeah. oh, and we haven't talked about the PBS series either. The um, <laughs> they just had the Sanditon. Oh, okay. Yeah. How was we never talked about Sanditon? But so the letter, so. Jane Austen's books that she's most known for is just six of them, yeah. and they're Northanger Abbey, Sense and Sensibility, Pride and Prejudice, Persuasion, Emma, Mansfield Park, and Mansfield Park. Those are the six that everybody knows about. She had she was had started a few other books, uh -huh. and one of them was she had labeled like Letters to Susan, and she only had like I don't know ten or yeah, maybe. like ten or fifteen letters that she was like going to incorporate into the book and then she passed away and she never finished it so the movie i forgot yeah love and friendship love and so somebody at some point like 10 years ago or so they turned her those letters into the full-on movie called wow. love and friendship which is a different feel than the others but it, it'd like, be a different yeah feel though if yeah she it's it's a totally different now and then with sanditon she had even fewer pages completed mm -hmm. and somebody went we've got five pages of a story that jane austen has started let's do an entire mini series that like is three, three seasons three seasons three uh, seasons yeah and it is okay some people the, love it and i've loved parts of it okay. right the writing is pretty good and the scenery and mm -hmm. you know it's got pretty good character development but i cannot consider it a jane austen because it doesn't capture it's taken so many liberties it, it's, yes. it's just grown into something else yeah so if you want to watch it for what it is watch it for what it is and yeah. just know that it's you know, not just you have to you have to just like completely erase Jane Austen from your head because there is nothing no. about Jane Austen and, and in this about miniseries. The rules and etiquette and all that. There's a lot of inappropriate stuff in this yeah. series. Yeah. So it's how, like everyone keeps saying it's Lucy Bridgerton, and then I, and no. I look at him like, no, no. I, that's not for me. No, that's not for me either. Uh, I actually other... enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other um jane austen movie that you were looking up uh, a minute ago so you, you told me go watch becoming jane Did oh yeah no one? i was trying to find it and then i got, went down this we rabbit hole because yes. there was it wasn't anne hathaway there was one before then oh. where she's playing she's played by an older actress i remember it was miss austen regrets 
that also kind of, and it has Olivia Williams as Jane Austen, and I absolutely love her. And so this is another look at what her life um, was like in terms of this writer's, you know, view of her life. So yes, that's another one to maybe try. Do you, think, under, do you think understanding Jane's life actually adds to the books then? I would think yeah. I would think so because yeah. it shows. I mean, if it's if it's at all true. Now, obviously, all these films are going to take a little bit of liberty. Oh yeah. oh yeah. But if it's at all true to the society she lived in and is talking about her, then yes, you're going to have a much better understanding mm -hmm. of where she comes from because she does take some of her own experiences, whether they're a family, like she heard family experiences mm -hmm. or even her own life. She incorporates a lot of that into her own stories. Yes. Her observations of things she's seeing around her. Mm -hmm. The exact same thing happens with uh, Lucy Maud Montgomery and Anne, the Annegren Gables and her other mm -hmm. writings. Mm -hmm. It's so much from her own life, but then the observations she has of society around her um, and so understanding that then to me makes you look at her books in this new way. Yeah. So, oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you think of, you know, writing advice you always get is write what you know, write what you know. Um, and so that would make sense that that's what she's, she's doing there. And I love that we're, I love and hate that we're still having the same struggles of, you know, women finding their place in society and be able to earn an income that can support themselves, um, being able to find a partner that matches you. Uh, basically, yeah. these these continue on to our days and apply to our life. Has there ever been an experience where like a Jane Austen story has like helped you move forward in your life, like inspired you? Hmm. Um, well, since I am not the marrying kind. <laughs> <laughs> Most of Jane Austen's stories in that way do not have not affected me, mm -hmm. but I do find comfort in watching the 1994 Pride and Prejudice version. Uh -huh. Whenever I am sick, it is my go-to oh, movie. So I, whether I'm sick for two days or for two weeks, it is on repeat on my TV. I go to sleep to it. I wake up. It's still on. I go back to sleep. I take drugs and, you know, whatever I need to. And it, I mean, it literally it's is on 24-7 for however many days I am laid up in bed or on the yeah. couch. It's your comfort that show. That is so beautiful. I love I that. I love that. I think about sometimes there's a scene in Emma that'll come to my brain when I think, am I... Am I being kind right now or am I trying to get attention or be mm -hmm. funny just for the sake of putting someone else down? And it's that scene that we should compare across all versions when they're at a picnic at Box Hill and she makes oh, a joke yeah. at the expense of Miss Bates. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I and then so Yeah, Mr. Knightley says, Badly done, Emma, and he calls mm -hmm. her out for it. And first I was like, Rude, she can say what she wants, you know? And then I think that was when I was younger. Yeah. yeah. But now I'm thinking, goodness, the things I say make a difference you know do they hurt people or, or help people and mm -hmm. and how she then yeah. or, or seeks forgiveness and finds it you know is such a things like that that i like we've talked about that you find at different times in your life mm -hmm. that come from these books yeah and actually mansfield park because that was again one of my favorite stories when i was younger i found that the cruelty of her cousins mm -hmm. Uh, of Fanny's cousins who were sisters, um, they just put her down all the time. Mm -hmm. And then you had the love interest of... Um, oh, is it Edward or Mr. Ed Bertram? Edward's love interest. Oh, right, right, right. right. Um, uh, but she was kind of a conniving 
type person. She was just out to get like the, the richest husband she could. Right. And those things, I just, I found them very distasteful. And mm -hmm. I, and I think, I hope anyway, that I tried to model myself and my character more after Fanny, aside Ed from Edmund. not being prudish, yeah. <laughs> um, of, of her. I tried not to be cruel or look down on people just because they came from a different class. Edmund Bertram and Mary Crawford, if people Mary are screaming Crawford. through their headphones at us. Mary Crawford was the scheming, she was sort of a neighbor and uh -huh. was right. scheming to get a, a rich husband. And You know yeah. what I love about this? That's kind of what I would say is, is my experiences. You know, everyone you kind of want to be Elizabeth and everything like that. And so like, I want to be Elizabeth. I want to be strong and independent and well-read and say what I mean and stuff. And the older I get, I'm like, I kind of want to be Jane. Oh, she's so nice. Right? Yeah. I want to, I want to be and she's kind, kind and solid, be caring, mm -hmm. solid, nurturing, um, bit of a people still, pleaser. Bit of a people pleaser, <laughs> but she still puts herself out there. Like, mm -hmm. like and yeah. she is not afraid to call her closest relatives out because mm -hmm. she calls Elizabeth out on a couple of she the things does. that Elizabeth oh, yeah. says yeah. and does. She's like, she's like Elizabeth. Not everybody is the same. Yeah. Because Elizabeth is just, you know, she's prejudiced. She's like, blah 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 blah. This person that does, and <laughs> and Jane just like, like Elizabeth. Not everyone is the same. Mm -hmm. Like. You kind of want to combine, people. like you want to combine the Dashwood sisters into like the perfect person, you know, or, or yeah, I tell yeah. you, like, I, I want to be a little bit this, I want to be a little, I'm probably yes. more Mary, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's just what it, what it is in these books. I love that. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have a favorite, um, I think, have we ever talked about favorite version of the movies of any of the books? Besides, we talked about Pride and Prejudice. And the it. Blonde Persuasion. Do you like that? <laughs> and the Blonde Persuasion? No, Captain Wentworth. And then Emma... It's the one know. you want to see, because I, I can oh. tell you I want Muppets, Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> oh, yeah, like a version we'd like to see. We talk about Dreamcast, all the time. Last night yeah. with friends, we were talking about it. Like, oh. but, but then we're like, but then Kermit can't be Mr. Darcy, but he has to be Mr. Darcy, because Miss Piggy has to be Elizabeth. So we, we sit there and cast <laughs> it and pulled it all out and everything <laughs> like that. Like, the human has to, villain has to be Wickham, and Jane has to be a human. Yeah, we've, we've talked. Yeah, if yeah. I could do my perfect sense and sensibility, I know that he's older than her, but I would make the ages a little bit closer for Colonel Brandon and Miss and yes. uh, Marianne. I know right. back in the turn of the, the 18th, you know, that time that was different. Well, but. there's a whole discussion on that is like, why didn't Colonel Brandon go after the mother? Because they were <laughs> like, the, the, mother, the mother was only like four or five years older than Colonel oh, Brandon yeah. when Different he gets together Different with the, with the 17-year-old. Yeah. yeah. I'd also Marianne. like Mr. Knightley to be closer to Emma's age because he's the older brother. Yeah. He's known her since she was a child. And that I'm like, does. Hey. You know, I go back and I look at some of these ones like um, Cyrano de Bergerac or, you know, um, even like, just all of these basically classic literature. And like, I knew her since she was a child. Let's marry her. Like, let's, <laughs> let's not. I just got to remember that that was then. And yeah, yeah, you can't. You can't uh, we talk about a lot about like we can't be a bad um, tourist in the past. We have to yes. appreciate it yeah. for what it is. Yes. And I, sometimes yeah. it remind myself, but I, it's also I like. Yeah. So that's version. the issue I have with uh, some, uh, not all of them, but mm -hmm. some of the modern versions where it basically affects they've changed the character because they're trying to put modern sensibilities onto a story that mm -hmm. happened 200 years yeah. ago yeah, and how you acted 200 years ago and what society norms were then. Now, I'm not saying that we should celebrate 
celebrate some of the like bad things about society norms. Don't celebrate it. But that's what it was. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so you need to acknowledge it and, you know, perhaps show a better way. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you should be trying to like getting rid of it like erase oh, that didn't it. Really ha- yeah mm-hmm. erase it it's yeah. like mm, no yeah learn from history not, not right not hide it and yeah. for all my love of and you dressing at regency and everything think about all the awful parts of living back then with oh no central gosh. air or heating <laughs> or right. bathrooms or not, not, not washing candles hands. like oh <laughs> diseases oh. that killed you off early yeah thank you Lots dr for showing us that hand washing is a good thing yeah well to go back you'd asked a question i don't know which of you like uh a little bit ago was you know could i live in that century and i could if i was upper class but i would not have survived well if and i'm not trying to be like like classist about it i'm just talking about like all the things you said like at least if you were upper class you had the money to like go somewhere cooler when it was hot in the summer or warmer when it was cold in the winter (laughs) like Like, you you had different homes you could afford to buy coal to heat your house or you know or whatever and so you had a chambermaid to clean out the chamber pot. Right. So just for comfort's sake, I could do it if I would had the money to that do it. If I had the, yeah, I think I'd need the money. I'd want to be like the spinster aunt the, the yeah, like, exactly. takes gear up and exactly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right, is there anything else you want to discuss about Jane Austen's book before we, we kind of close up today about her world? I don't know. No, just I would encourage any anybody and everybody to just wherever it is you feel most comfortable getting in there whether it is the ultra modern version or you know just watching something i think is the best way to dip your toe into it in this day and yeah. age yeah yeah just start please, yeah just start but please at some point go and read the source material yeah. that's yeah. all i, I would that. say that's good advice start somewhere and just see where it takes you and have fun yeah. and then go back to source material Oh, I love that. Uh, Thank you guys for joining me today. This has been so much fun to talk about Jane Austen's books and Pride and Prejudice and to learn more about you guys as well. I love that. Um, And thank everybody for listening to us today. Um, If you liked this whole What's Your Favorite Fandom series, let me know. Um, I I would love to do these once a month to talk to people. Uh, Thank you for listening to Fan Effect. It's a KSL News Radio podcast beyond sci-fi, fantasy, gaming, and text. We are excited to share our knowledge and sometimes arguments. Andy's not here today, so we're we're not arguing. On everything (laughs) pop culture and fandom, we're based in the beautiful Beehive State, where we celebrate Utah's unique fan culture. I'm Kellyanne Halverson, your producer and co-host today. Uh, I just want to invite you to listen regularly on your favorite platform um, at kslnewsradio.com or the KSL News Radio app uh, or even kslpodcast.com. Um, and if you have any idea that you want to share with us, if there's a, a fun upcoming fandom event in the Utah area or uh, whatnot, go ahead and reach out to us. You can find us on Facebook at Fanific Show. And I also do our latest nerdly updates on there. Um, or you can follow us on Instagram at Fanific Show. We just want to thank the Megaplex Theaters for being a sponsor of our show. I get to go there tonight and watch Dune Part 2. So excited. Um, And we hope to have you back real soon for another episode of Fan Effect. Fan Effect.